and welcome to Your Christadelphian Library, where we discuss Christadelphian books with the goal of expanding biblical knowledge and stimulating spiritual thought. I'm Brother Jacob Osborne, and today I'll be bringing you the 19th episode, during which we get to discuss the book, Josiah and His Children, Lessons for the Last Generation. Brother Stephen Palmer is the author of the book, and he published it in 2007. Reading this book will give you a detailed investigation into the character, uh, the life, reign, and the kingdom of Josiah. Brother Stephen goes quite in-depth in this study and packs a lot of incredible information into the book. Because of this, it would be a fantastic book for someone specifically interested in studying Josiah, or any of his contemporaries for that matter, but may not be the best option as a casual uh, pleasure read, simply because of the depth and detail. It really requires a lot of focus and attention. There are 19 chapters in this book. The few, first few chapters introduce us to the background of the story of Josiah. It investigates uh, the spiritual state of the nation when Josiah became king. The kingdom was in a very, very uh, poor spiritual condition. Israel at this time seemed to be a waste of any hope. The land was flooded with uh, places dedicated to the worship of false gods and people who taught everything but the truth. However, one of the most powerful lessons for me from the whole story of Josiah is seeing how one man with faith, along with a a few faithful friends, received endless help and blessing from Yahweh. Josiah chose to try to do good to the wicked kingdom he inherited, and he was blessed immensely because of it. Chapter 3 to 12 uh, focuses on the specific events in Josiah's life, Uh, the the bigger key events such as his cleansing of the land, rebuilding the temple, Uh, of course there's one on the Passover which he held, and so on. The 13th chapter focuses on Josiah as a type of Christ. And this is actually one of the main themes of the book. It's touched on uh, right from the beginning right to the end. But uh, chapter 3 is kind of the central area for the many comparisons between uh, Josiah and Christ. And just to get you a little more excited about this book, I'll share with you some of these similarities from page 115 where there's a very helpful chart. Both Josiah and Christ came by prophecy. Both of these individuals sought God in their youth. They both cleansed the temple. They revealed the word of God. They went about doing good. Both of these men made it their mission to seek the lost sheep of Israel. They both condemned idolatry. They both cleansed the temple a second time. They both prepared a house for God. They prepared a Passover, they provided the Passover lamb, they instituted a new covenant, and so on. These are just a few of the connections between these individuals. Chapters 14 to 17 cover uh, the story of Josiah's sons. And it's actually quite uh, sad to read of all the work which Josiah had devoted his life to being reversed by his own sons. Every one of his sons was a disaster to the nation. But out of the story comes many lessons which are discussed in in these chapters as well. Chapter 18 covers the effect which these individuals had on the nation. And chapter 19 kind of wraps up the whole book 
and brings out uh, the many lessons. And I wanted to share with you a couple of these, uh, the key lessons which I took from the book, um, because I think they'll be in, able to impact you in the same way as well. The first is the way we deal with idols in our lives. When Josiah took over the kingdom, he had a lot of idol purging to do. And I think he leaves behind a fantastic example of just how to properly eliminate idols. So I'll read for you uh, just one paragraph from page 44. The right way to deal with idols is demonstrated by Josiah. He ground them to powder. It is no good us merely shifting them out of central focus. Human nature is such that when the opportunity comes, we will put them right back. We have to deal with our idols ruthlessly. If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. This is what is going to happen anyway when the kingdom of men and all that is associated with it is destroyed by the stone power of the kingdom of God as described in Daniel 2. Far better for us to deal with the death blow to idolatry in our own lives now than share the fate of the image of the kingdom of men when Christ returns. The second lesson which, which I took um, is how Josiah shows an incredible attitude toward the work he devoted himself to, despite the fact that there were several years worth of it. He was always positive and excited about it, and because of this, he was able to gain the support of many individuals from Israel who got involved. I'll read for you one last quote uh, from page 47. Constant carping on negatives can only depress the enthusiasm of those who are sound and crush any budding interest the weak may have. If Josiah had adopted this attitude, there would have been no reformation at all, merely an iconoclastic fury followed by a trail of dust in his wake. Instead, he worked in the ruins of the house of God to build up a community in which at least some maintained a faithful witness and laid the foundation for a restoration after the 70 years captivity. He did it because, as it says in 2 Chronicles 34, it was the house of Yahweh, his God. He had originally sought the God of David, his father, but now the Lord had become his God. The work of repair was not a political tactic to strengthen the kingdom. It was an act of devotion and love towards his God. Of course, there are many other valuable lessons uh, from this story. Ones like making sure the word of God never becomes lost in our lives, in whatever sense uh, that may manifest itself in our individual situations. Because the word of God was lost and had been separated from Israel before Josiah uh, discovered it during uh, the repairs on the temple. Uh, but, but I'll leave those, those other lessons for you to cover when you read the book for yourself. To summarize, uh, it's a fantastic book. It's loaded with uh, valuable Bible study. So if you do choose to read it, which I hope you do, make sure your highlighter is handy. Uh, it'd be a great idea to have your Bible open and a pencil handy because you will come across a lot of Bible-marking-worthy notes. So thanks again for listening, and as always, don't forget to come back next week where Brother Tim will be reviewing the book The Cherubim, Divine Majesty in Motion. <laughs>